0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: <laughs> Both Let's ride. Both in. Let's ride. Both Both
2: mic up. Let's ride. <laughs> Ellis smooth, though.
0: Let's fam,
1: let's ride how's it going guys welcome into the guilty as charged podcast we're going to be previewing the chargers matchup with the denver broncos on monday night football sounds really fun uh right now it must feel like sunday monday night football for alex because it's uh 9 30 over there he's been studying for for days and days and days uh alex do you know what day it is what time
3: it is how are you doing are you ready for your test tomorrow uh i don't know what day it is i don't know if i'm ready for my test tomorrow but i only know one thing we have to we have to ride this one out and uh let's ride
1: <laughs> yes let's ride absolutely um it's a little funny that we're already at this point in the season and the whole let's ride thing and all that hype is already already dead and done and over with i can't imagine it gets all that much better from here on out Um, but we'll see okay so real quick before we jump into the preview of the denver broncos I did want to get into some injuries on both sides. Uh, Obviously we don't know a whole lot because the chargers did not release an injury report. So it's kind of an estimation based on Daniel Popper's article. They had Keenan at day to day, which apparently he made some sort of miraculous recovery over the weekend, maybe because he saw Brandon Staley's fourth down decision and decided to get healthy so they could convert at least if he's going to make that decision again, Josh Palmer, he picked up a knee injury, I believe on top of his ankle injury that he already had. Um, I don't know what his status is going to be. He obviously did finish the game, but he's a bit banged up. JC is is full, I believe, and I would guess, but he's really not. Um, but he'll probably still practice in full or maybe be limited one day. Um, but that's about it. And then Trey Pipkins somehow survived a sprained MCL, uh, or with a sprained MCL or whatever it was. I, I can't believe that's all we ended up with, but hey, I'll take it. The Broncos, on the other hand, they're missing some stars, and they're getting potentially some back. Javante Williams, Garrett Bowles, Randy Gregory will all miss this game. Then they waived three players um, from the team today and designated Justin Simmons, Greg Dulcich, and Michael Ojemudia to return from IR. So they're not officially activated to the 53, but they did clear those three spots. So it's potentially they're going to get someone like a Justin Simmons back or Greg Dulcich may make his rookie debut. Um, Then, of course, the, the big story because he, oh, you know, not playing all that well. What do you do? Classically, you say you had an injury. So Russell Wilson got that injection to help with his throwing shoulder. He was out there throwing, I guess. It sounds like he's going to play. It doesn't seem like he's not going to play, but it's something to monitor. So Alex, a whole, not a whole lot there for the Chargers other than Keenan Allen maybe improving a bit. But I think you and I are on the same page that even if he doesn't return, it's not a whole lot not like a big capacity by any means. But otherwise, all seems good. Broncos might get some guys back already missing some guys. Any thoughts on the injuries from either team?
3: Uh, yeah, Russell Wilson getting that injection. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm sure that the injection will cause him to look the other side of the field. Uh, of course. Maybe on those touchdown throws for the Broncos. Uh, other than that, I don't think there's too many takeaways. Obviously, getting Justin Simmons back is you know potentially a big gain for them. For a mm-hmm. defense that's already kind of humming along here. Um, I know they're top five, I believe, in DVOA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting him back, I think, is huge in the fold. Other than that, I obviously you're missing Javante Williams, which for this game is huge. Yeah, uh, and for the rest of the season for them is going to be huge as well. Um, just he's really the only player on their offense right now who can consistently create expo- uh, explosive plays, and for them not to have him in this one is a pretty big deal. Uh, Garrett Bowles obviously creates a bit uh, of. The situation on the offensive line for the Broncos uh, a li- makes life a little bit easier for both Khalil Mack and probably Kyle Van Noy and Chris Rumpf on the other side as well. Um, depending on how they, you know, decide to kind of factor that one out, but uh, this is a pass rush that has been struggling these past few weeks without Joey Bosa. So any advantage the Chargers can get there uh, is is really big, obviously. So that's really all my thoughts on their injuries. But they're, you know, obviously not too banged up, and their defense is really good. Yeah, the defense is really
1: good. I actually forgot that Justin Simmons was even on IR. I didn't realize that he, or I didn't remember that he'd been hurt. And to see them be as good as they have been, granted, they haven't played a ton of great offenses, but still, they're shutting pretty much everybody down. To do that without Simmons, who is arguably their best player, though I would say at this point that is definitely Sertan, really, really impressive so far for them. Um, yeah, the, the Chargers just seem to have some good luck this week compared to last week, where it seemed like guys were more trending negative. The Browns trended more positive. Now it feels like the Chargers, I guess they're not really trending positive, but they're not trending worse. And that feels okay. All right. That's pretty much it from injuries, as far as I can remember. So let's get rid of this. All right. Let's preview this Denver Broncos team and what they did. and uh, we can all laugh together at uh, the Russell Wilson trade. Um, go look at your receipts. Stephen. already sent out all the receipts and let everybody on Twitter know about his take that everyone thought was a joke. Um, but he uh, decided to pull the receipts on some people. So Denver Broncos preview, as we always do, we, re- we review the team's off season, um, the coaches that they either still have or acquired free agency, the draft, all that sort of stuff. Here we go. The Coaching staff. Um, Alex and I didn't really decide who was going to take what part um, before the show at this point. I think we'll just kind of discuss as we go sort of thing. It's really this Nathaniel Hackett, you know, they've, there's been an article, I believe it was Benjamin Solak, if I'm not mistaken, who said that Hackett was really just Aaron Rodgers bait. Otherwise, what does he really do for this team? It's clearly not developing a really, really solid offensive game plan. It's not really clicking with Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson, like supposedly it is, it's Russell Wilson's offense more than it is Nathaniel Hackett's. He can't manage games. There's nothing really going for Nathaniel Hackett right here. It really does seem like he was supposed to be that, that Aaron Rodgers bait. That never happened. Um, So he did pick up a helper, Jerry Rosberg, I believe, um, from formerly of the Ravens, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Their offense right now, not doing so hot, not a surprise. We'll talk about kind of the main culprit there and Russell Wilson in a bit. But their defense has been outstanding. Ajiro Evero, the, I believe, secondary and passing game coordinator for the Rams last season. Um, It's nice to see all these play, all these uh, coaches from the Rams Go have success in their defenses everywhere, but the Chargers on their defense. Um, You know, it is what it is. Um, And then special teams coordinator, Dwayne Stook. So, Alex, what have you kind of made of Nathaniel Hackett's first five games as a coach? Um, Are you surprised that at this point the offense is as bad as it is and that
3: Hackett is a hack? Um, I'm not surprised that the offense is as bad as it is just because I never had the perception that he was this like offensive genius type that, you know, comes in is going to, you know, Sean McVeigh or system. Right. Um, and obviously he is dealing with a quarterback limitation at this point that was not, you know, people did not think that the decline of Russell Wilson was coming this fast, really outside of me or Steven or like some other people, but I certainly didn't think it would be this bad at this point. Um, and i think every everything that you know has been reported makes it pretty clear that Nathaniel Hackett was at one point Aaron Rodgers' bay to try to get him to come over here or maybe there was something in the works but that fell through and obviously they ended up training for uh M- Mr. Limited so um i do think that at this point uh you know this team it, it's very weird because when they fired Vic Fangio, you know, one of the, you know, calling points of potentially keeping Vic Fangio was that defense, right? Because it's like you you have all these players. Vic Fangio kind of knows what he's doing, and, you know, in that system he's running. So they've kind of gotten better at defense low-key since firing Fangio. But uh, the, on the flip side of that, have also gotten worse in offense, which is kind of hard to believe, making the upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke to Russell Wilson which hasn't been much of an upgrade to this point, I guess. So definitely in a different place than I thought they would be uh, relative to what this coaching staff was supposed to have been brought in to do. Obviously, still very early in Nathaniel Hackett's tenure as well. Uh, and perhaps as things go along and with the hiring of Jerry Rosberg, maybe the game managing situations do get a little bit easier for him and, and you know a little bit more one-dimensional in terms of his decision-making. But um, definitely some early concern uh, early on for both of the new AFC West coaching hires, as we saw with Josh McDaniels last night, uh, Mm -hmm. and then Nathaniel Hackett. So um, definitely a weird situation because I I do think at one point they really did think they were getting Rodgers, which is why they brought Hackett in. Why they thought Nathaniel Hackett would be the the selling point for Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, I don't really know. Uh, He's had plenty of offensive coordinators and coaches in the past. But um, this seems to just be the position the Broncos are kind of in right now. Yeah, they gave up all that they did. They were 26th last year in
1: EPA per play, and they currently sit at 26th in EPA per play. They're scoring their uh, their points per game is 31st in the league, just ahead of Matt Ryan and the Colts, which looks like a whole other level of bad. But still, uh, 15 points a game after trading for Russell Wilson, even a, even you know very early on in the season, uh, it's a bit disastrous to say the least all right free agency time let's talk about russell wilson and i mean alex have at it with with russell wilson or really any of these guys none of us had the broncos making the playoffs so there was definitely some hesitation here when it came to russell wilson we just kind of wanted to see it we knew the defense would at least be good and even at top three like i thought they would at least be a bit better than this but um or that the broncos would be better than this but i mean russell wilson like he's been eating games away Uh, it has not looked good what have you just made of russell wilson in general so far
3: yeah um it's weird because when he was traded there i think the feeling was just like oh well you're going from drew lock to russell wilson right even if russell wilson's not going to be what he was um at one point that's still like a significant upgrade but to this point, I just think it's a combination of Russell Wilson declining combined with Denver not using him to the best of his abilities right now. Um, I think prior to, uh, or no, I think including the Colts game, he's only had six designed like quarterback runs or plays where he mm-hmm. can use his legs uh, and move outside of the pocket and do all that kind of stuff, which is what he was so great at in Seattle, right? Russell Wilson was not even in Seattle, this like generational pocket passer that we talk about with like guys like Patrick Mahomes, guys like mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, uh, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, et cetera, Tom Brady, like he, he is not of that uh, caliber. So it was really using his athleticism that, you know, kind of bolstered his career into being a top five quarterback um, at one point. And so now that he's not using that, obviously the Broncos offensive line situation is bad. They've lost their top running back. Their wide receivers, Um, outside of Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, I think has kind of been a disappointment with the drops to this point. Um, You know, there's obviously been a lot of miscommunication in their offense, as we saw with the KJ Hamler final play last week. So I just think it's been a very mixed bag to this point um, with Russell Wilson. And obviously, you know, as they start to figure their offense out, I think there is a way that it can improve. Um, but that being said, if Russell Wilson's arm strength is going, uh, you know, which he never had the most arm strength in the league at any point, plus his athleticism is waning and they're not really using what Russell Wilson is good at to the best of their advantages, then obviously the returns on that trade uh, are going to be you know pretty dismal. And so that's just the position I think they're in. Uh, And then for specifically this game, Randy Gregory is out. um, Mm -hmm. And he was, to me, one of their best pickups. Um, You know, if you look at that kind of thing for them, because obviously improved their edge pretty immediately. Um, You know, Bryce Callahan is the key departure here. You know, thanks for that one. Let him walk (laughs) for basically nothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, after games where he had been pretty effective against the Chargers before, so I never fully understood why they did that Um, and yeah we'll get to the Broncos draft class in a minute but you know DJ Jones I think has solidified uh, that interior defensive line for them but obviously the big uh, talk is Russell Wilson and so far I did not think that it would pan out personally but I also didn't think that it would be this bad Uh, here's a statistic uh, EPA and CPOE composite Geno Smith ranks third in the league <laughs> behind Josh Allen and yep. Patrick Mahomes. Russell sure. Wilson is 25th behind Cooper Rush and Jared Goff. Yep, was going to talk about that too. Uh,
1: first of all, did not see that coming for Geno Smith, but I, I love stories like that. I love situations like that. You know, bounced around, looked kind of okay with this team or that team, looked like, Maybe he could do something with the Giants. When I think Eli either went down or got benched, Um, was obviously a backup for the Chargers, and for him to just be balling right now is awesome. Is it sustainable? Will it happen? You know, for the whole year, I don't know. But it's awesome to see, Um, and then just doubly hilarious that the guy they traded away, Russell Wilson, is, is, I mean, awful. Like right now, like there's no way to put it. Wilson has been really, really bad, and that's compounded by the fact that you know they traded so much. Um, just to get him, not not as maybe as much as I like could Aaron Rodgers, but you definitely traded a lot. Um, his adjusted EPA per play, I know you talked about, yeah, um, you know, CPOE and EPA per play, but his adjusted EPA per, per play that, which is the big MVP indicator, you know, you're below Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, Jared Goff, Cooper Rush, like you said, you know, way lower than Geno Smith, got four touchdowns in five games, like you traded all that for four touchdowns in five games, like. I'm sure like Daniel Jones has four touchdowns in five games. You know, Russell Wilson has more zero touchdown games than two touchdown games right now. It's the worst passer rating of his career, worst completion percentage of his career. And they lost Javante Williams and they lost Garrett Bowles. You know, like they're a couple injuries away. They're maybe a receiver injury away from being potentially one of the worst offenses in the league. Uh, Not that they aren't already, but still, like, I mean, like really, really, really bad offense. Um, but yeah, their, their defensive pickups have been good. Gregory being out in this game is huge. Yes, Jamari Sawyer only gave up six pressures against the Browns, but like Justin Herbert, the scheme, the run game had a lot to do with that. So, not having to face Randy Gregory, even though I do like Nick Benito, I do like Nick Chubb, um, not facing Gregory, who had 19 pressures, two sacks, in four games, that's huge. And then DJ Jones, man, a respectable 10 run stops, 10 pressures, two sacks. Really, really good. I really like the interior of DJ Jones, Draymond Jones. I believe both are healthy right now. That's uh, a really good interior. They're getting a lot of, you know, payoff so far from their defensive guys outside of the injury. It's just, it's just, it's Russell Wilson. Like it's, it's as bad as he's been. It's going to kill them until he figures it out. The question will be, of course, will he figure it out this week? Um, we'll see. Alrighty. Last but not least, their draft class. Um, not a lot really to go off of here for them. I, I wasn't really super big fan or I just didn't know of a lot of their guys in rounds five or later. Luke Wattenberg. Um, I saw one play of him snap a ball 30 feet over the quarterback's head. Um, the defense ended up recovering and I figured, okay, that's good enough for me. Uh, maybe he's doing great. I don't know. Maybe he's there. they Jamari Sawyer one day. You know, just a guy who shows up and does great. Uh, but Nick Benito, uh, I believe he had yeah only 16 pressure or Excuse me. 16 snaps to start the year. But then he did bump up to 29 last game with Gregory out and did have four pressures and a run stop. I really liked him. Greg Dulcich, I think that was Steven's tight end one. I think it was my tight end. three. Uh, Alex, I don't know where you had him. But otherwise, I I just, I I know the thing from Denver, which is kind of how I felt about the Chargers. I felt like the Denver reporters were saying, I like Nick Benito. I like Greg Dulcich. I like Damari Mathis. I like Ioma Uozerike. But it maybe wasn't really what they needed. Like they felt like they needed maybe more offensive line help or something like that. They really didn't get that. They got a linebacker, or excuse me, an edge rusher and a tight end. Although I guess you could say Nick Benito's kind of a linebacker, because he played a lot of middle linebacker in college. But you know, edge rusher/slash linebacker hybrid, tight end, safety, and a defensive tackle. Kind of sounds like the Chargers class after Zion. Like you've got some guys that maybe you like but it really wasn't positions of like, like premium positions that maybe you needed some more help and some more depth in so far, the Broncos feel like they're paying for it.
3: Yeah. And I mean, I think the big thing is not having that first round pick because you traded for Russ. I believe they also don't have it next year, um, which is going to be pretty crazy depending on how, you know, bad this team gets. Um, Nick Benito obviously is the most instant impact player here based on how much he's going to play with Randy Gregory out. I think he'll do a decent enough job. Um, Greg Dolchich, as you said, Steven's had won. I think I had him in my top five. Um, But obviously, I don't know how many snaps he's going to get now, depending on how they play. Um, Albert O is still there, I would assume. Um, (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I think he's still there. Um, So Albert O and Greg Dolchich are still there but other than really past Matheson, it was Rique said, I don't mm-hmm. think they have a lot of instant impact guys in this class. Neither do the chargers, but obviously the big exception for the Broncos is, is not having that first round pick where maybe they could have taken that offensive tackle or an offensive lineman like uh, Zion Johnson had they had that pick and, you know, they mm-hmm. could have just signed Gino Smith and kept that pick um, <laughs> if they really wanted to. So uh, yeah, at this point, I think it's pretty much kind of like the Chargers class, which is like a couple of key players here. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, they're not getting a lot of instant contributions. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Ed Mises, I don't know how to say this name. I
1: apologize. I, I forgot that the Broncos were playing Russ's Seattle highlights during the first Oh, round. wow. <laughs> I, I'm sure they would love to get some more of those. Um, <laughs> we'll see, man. I, I hate to see a player just be awful. But it's a little funny when it's Russ. It's a little funny with the Denver Broncos. I'm um, watching everything that they've done. It's, do it's do they show?
3: Fun. Do they show all the Russ ad- Seattle highlights except for Super Bowl forty eight?
1: <laughs> it's just it's just the interception. No, they just they edit it where uh, Marshawn Lynch gets a handoff.
3: Uh, so yeah. Well, no, I was gonna say because there that was forty nine. I was talking about oh. forty eight, where Russ Russ beat the Broncos right uh, in mm-hmm. that uh, Super Bowl. So then, yeah, is the just the highlight reel is uh, the center on the first play <laughs> snapping the ball over Peyton Manning's head? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> yep, Russell Wilson beaten the Broncos since uh, twenty eighteen. First as their opponent, now as their quarterback.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All righty, that's enough of the Denver Broncos. Well, sort of, we're just going to get into the, uh, the game right now. So we have our segment called Victory Formation, uh, named by Stephen's wife, Brooke. So shout out to Brooke, you get the shout out. Stephen, you don't get the shout out because you're not here. Victory Formation is basically what do the Chargers need to do to win this game, Alex, we'll start with you because, you know, you're the only other one. Uh, what's your key to victory or I should say victory formation this game?
3: Yeah, um, I I think it's going to be how much the Chargers and this will kind of get to my key matchup at some point. But how much the Chargers are kind of willing to stretch the field um, on this mm. Denver secondary. This Denver secondary has obviously been really good. They're getting Justin Simmons back. Uh, in addition to Patrick Sertan and kind of all the other firepower that they have there, um, we saw them be more of a ground-based team the last two weeks against the Texans and then against the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're probably going have to go again through the air this week as opposed to more through the ground, considering how good that Denver defensive line has been. Obviously, Austin Eckler and, and Joshua Kelly, and thankfully, seemingly not Sony Michelle anymore, um, <laughs> will you know play their respective roles in the run game. But I do think at this point, it's going this game is going to be kind of one and lost based on how much the Chargers can stretch it down the field. And obviously, if their defense can contain uh, Russell Wilson to the extent that you know Denver's defense has contained other teams this season. So um, for me, it's just going to be um, with Keenan or without Keenan, depending on how they have to play this game, um, if they can stretch that field a little bit, that has been difficult for them. Uh, obviously with Mike Williams, not necessarily being much of a separation creator, obviously had the big, you know, uh, catch, uh, against Denzel Ward last game. But aside from that, um, you know, obviously Jalen Guyton towards ACL. So you're not getting a ton of speed there. Josh Palmer's kind of nicked up at this point. Hasn't had the best season. Um, and so, you know, maybe Deandre Carter resurgence, but he's been pretty quiet for a few weeks as well. So, just looking at some of the Chargers at this point who, you know, maybe integrate a couple Austin Eckler screens here or there. Um, but just looking at ways that the Chargers can kind of get down the field in response to this Denver secondary.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, the chart that the Broncos are 13th in rush EPA and come on, Tyler, make it work. Fourth in dropback EPA. But it's so tough to tell because, yes, they played Geno and he's playing fantastic, but they haven't really played a, a very good offense so far. I would assume, even though I think Seattle is ahead of the chargers in you know metrics and technically Gino is ahead of Herbert. Like I do feel like this is the best offense the Broncos will have faced um, all year so far. So we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes um, as far as their game plan. I don't know. It's so tough. Like what would you do without Keenan on with Sertan with Simmons back? Um, I mean, their secondary I'm assuming is playing very, very well. The the, the Raiders did play a really good job, a really good game against the Broncos a couple of weeks ago. They had a lot of success running it, but they did have Josh Jacobs, who's a bit bigger and he's been playing lights out very physical. I think Austin Eckler can do that. And it looks like he's been doing that. It looks like Joshua Kelly can do that. So I don't know what we'll see how they uh, attack the Broncos this week because the run game is working and it seems like they want to make things very, Not easy for Herbert, but they made things very easy for like a Mike Williams. They've been calling good screens. They've been running the ball really well. It's been kind of nice, a nice adjustment for them. So if they push it, awesome. If they decide to not push it this week, I also kind of wouldn't blame them. Uh, My victory formation, my my key to victory, because it's so weird for me to call it victory formation. I've always picked these really kind of general ones, I feel like, the last couple of weeks. And and this one's going to be no different to me the key to victory. I need Brandon Staley to show me that he's got some sort of pulse uh, when it comes to play calling with this defense. I I don't know what their identity is. I've been thinking about it. I've been asking about it and I really don't know what the chargers are on defense outside of my guys are just paid more. My guys are better and therefore we're going to beat you, you know, for the chiefs or if we're playing the chiefs when everyone's healthy, but you know, Doug Peterson will carve me up because they know the right calls they got a decent line, a good scheme. They'll carve me up. Davis Mills carves me up, uh, well, sort of. That uh, was actually more of a Damian Pierce thing, I guess. Um, but then Jacoby Brissett didn't really carve them up, but he also wasn't really pressured. He um, was basically mistake-free the entire game until literally he made the mistake of the game. Um, but the, the Chargers right now, they're not stopping the run. They're not covering anyone. They've given up the 10th most points per game. Or excuse me, 10th most yards per game, third most points per game bottom third in takeaways, bottom third in pressure rate, bottom third in hurry rate. They have over a half a billion dollars committed to their defense right now over the course of several years in total contracts just to that defense. And they're not good. Like they're a bad defense almost. And it's really concerning the last three weeks, Trevor Lawrence, Davis Mills, Jacoby Brissett, those offenses, they're not like that great. Um, Well, outside of the Cleveland Browns rushing attack. But it just feels like teams, it's been very easy for them. And I was talking with someone from the team recently about, you know, what happened against the Browns. And this was the response. After watching the film today, we got dominated by Cleveland. You can talk about scheme, fits, or missed tackles. But the bottom line is we got dominated. And that's the honest truth. Teams are going to continue to test our manhood running the rock until we actually consistently stop it. So that's kind of the state of the defense right now. I don't know what their identity is. Teams feel like they can move all over them. And frankly, they have. And it's not really, it's not fair for an unhealthy rib hurting Herbert with no Slater, you know, and all these injuries, no Keenan Allen, to put up 30 points a game. Like Brandon Staley needs to show me in this game, and I I actually think really in particular this game, that he can at least shut this down because the Broncos score 15 points a game. If the Broncos come out, then granted, I guess it is a division game, so things kind of go out the window, but if the Broncos come out, they've got 28 points, kind of no problem in this game without Garrett Bowles, without Javante Williams. I'm concerned. So to me, it's very general, but I need to see Brandon still have some sort of positive impact on this defense outside of, I just brought in really expensive players. And by the way, those expensive players like a JC Jackson, not playing so hot right now.
3: Right. I mean, you talk about the half a billion dollars they've committed the, over these next couple of years. I mean, Joey Bosa is obviously out, so you're not getting production out of him till he comes back for the groin injury. And then that's kind of, you know, also piled on by the fact that J.C. Jackson hasn't been playing very well. And obviously you paid him, which then, you know, the Bosa thing obviously puts a lot more pressure on Khalil Mack, who is probably getting effectively quadruple teamed at this point because there's not a whole lot else left on Bajor's standpoint on the Chargers uh, defensive line. Outside of Jerry Tillery, which, I mean, talk about one of the storylines of the season, four pressures and one hit last week, because, of course. Um, so, I mean, really, you just look at where the Chargers have kind of lost money this season in terms of the adjusted games lost. And obviously, you're losing games from JC Jackson, um, both in terms of how he's playing on the field and obviously missed games earlier in the season. And now you don't have Joey Boso, who to your most high profile, high pay players in the defense. And this Chargers team just wasn't built with, like, a whole lot of depth on defense either, um, as we've kind of seen in the safety room, um, in the corner room a little bit right now. Michael Davis didn't play a single defensive snap um, last week. So it's all up to uh, J.C. and Asante Samuel Jr. and Bryce Callahan at this point. Um, They don't really have anyone behind there if any of those guys are having a bad game like J.C. has right now. And we've even seen that with the linebackers as well. Um, just because the Chargers have been trying different things. But now that they've had to put Kyle Van Noy at Edge because Bosa's out, it's left a lot kind of to be desired there as a whole. So you just kind of see the domino effect rolling with the health of the defense right now. And obviously, I think that's affected how Brandon Staley has called the games. But definitely, I don't think is getting the level of performance out of this defense that he should be even considering the JC Jackson thing, even considering the Bosa thing. Mm Cleveland just knew that they could get what they wanted the whole game. Yeah, would have scored thirty five if JC if Jacoby Brissett doesn't you know give an absolute yeah. gift to Alohi mm-hmm. Gilman, which you know should have, could have, would have. But I mean, ultimately the Chargers could have allowed north of you know thirty uh, that game, and obviously didn't give the best defensive efforts. You know, particularly in the second half against the Texans either, mm-hmm. uh, where they kind of allowed the Texans you know really back into that one on the basis of Damian Pierce kind of running them uh, on the ground. So for me, yeah, I definitely need to see better effort on defense, um, but obviously Staley just switching things up in general. Um, and for for me, for already talking about the Staley conversation, um, more consistent decision-making for me, mm-hmm. um, thats that's got to be something that's added in there, especially after we had Puntapalooza this week, um, <laughs> you know, with the ending yeah. of that Browns game. Um, I just would like to see a little bit more consistency there. Yeah,
1: 100%. I, I Was it three field goals they took within the 10? Which like, I understand like you don't necessarily want to be throwing into the end zone on fourth and nine. That's not ideal. It's not like it was fourth and inches and they decided to kick it. But still, you go field goal from the nine, field goal from the seven, field goal from the nine. Um, but Then suddenly at the end of the game, although they did go for it at the beginning of the game, Suddenly, it's like, yeah, we're, we're aggressive. We want to go win. We're not going to kick field goals here or punt it or whatever. It's like, whatever. Um, so we'll see. Like You made that point today on Twitter, uh, Nathaniel Hackett versus um, Brandon Staley on decision-making today. Some people took some offense to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, just, I, just, I just was, I just was <laughs> kidding. And people were like, you're
3: disrespecting Staley. I'm like, no, I don't I don't care. I just think it's funny that 100 Renfro ran into Devontae Adams and I had a joke. <laughs> just chill.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that was a little funny on on uh monday night football for sure i felt a little bad because i was i went home and watched the game uh with my dad and it was just like sorry but <laughs> just i couldn't help but not laugh i tried not to laugh um but a pretty good one um all righty let's get into some see if i run the show more often i would know where these things are key matchups and bold predictions alex what are your key matchups for this game
3: uh, Patrick Sertan versus whoever he's covering uh, yeah. is, is the big one for me. Um, obviously, we've already talked about Keenan Allen. We don't know if he's playing this week. Um, now that he's a day to day, I guess you lean yes, but is that going to be obviously in more of a decoy role, adjacent to what we saw in the Raiders game from a couple of years ago, um, or is he actually going to be able, you know, full go to potentially, you know, go up a guy who go up against a guy who's playing like a top five corner? Um, in the NFL right now, uh, based on how he's playing right now in Sertan, uh, or if Keenan is out this game, then obviously you're going to have Mike Williams having his hands full uh, with Patrick Sertan this game. So for me, um, just based on the fact that it really in either scenario, the Chargers don't have a lot of depth at receiver um, and ability to stretch the field past Keenan Allen and Mike Williams at this point. Uh, I would just like to see those guys obviously play well against Patrick Sertan. But if one of them is blanketed and let's say Keenan does play, then you would hope Mike Williams kind of <clears throat> is able to get his own on offense through you know other aspects if he's not being locked down by Sertan. And the depth behind uh, Sertan at corner has obviously been tested, too. I think they just said uh, Ronald Darby towards uh, ACL, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously they're kind of feeling in a cornerback over there, too. But obviously, I think who Patrick Sertan ends up covering and how much it opens up for the rest of the offense, depending on whether Keenan plays, um, I think is my key matchup for this game.
1: Yeah, thank you for bringing up that Ronald Darby did tear his ACL. Uh, Obviously not great for them, but their defense continues to move along. As far as Pat Sertan goes, it's just what do you do? Walk into the league and be a top five corner instantly. I mean, the guy's been amazing. It's just a great, great prospect, blue chip prospect fitting into the right scheme. With a good defense, with a good defensive coach, now just continuing with this coach, like what an awesome player! Like he versus Adams. I know Adams got his for sure, but it's freaking Devonte Adams. But you don't see a lot of guys cover Devonte Adams like that. It was really, 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 really impressive. Um, can't wait to watch. I would assume it's a heavy dose of Mike Williams. Frankly, I, I who else would you want to cover? I would rather make a, a bobbled and hobbled Josh Palmer beat me. Uh, you know, give up something otherwise. Yeah, I mean, Mike Williams, that's who I'd be following the entire game. I don't know if Sertan shadows,
3: though. Do you know? Um, I mean, pretty much at this point, he's kind of been right outside the corner. So I mean, it it would pretty much be him going one on one versus Mike or Keenan the whole game, depending on how they play that. But obviously, the Chargers can, you know, switch that up and have Keenan come out of the slot sometimes if he's the guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it's just going to be Mike, then I think it would be pretty standard boundary corner stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's just, you know, move Mike Williams to the other side. Let's just be disrespectful. Stick Michael Bandy on Pat's or inside side the entire time and just let him run some wind sprints and corners and whatnot uh, and just cover him the entire game.
3: And, I, yeah, mean, I, I, I hope they activate Michael Bandy and use him this game because, I mean, could have used them the last game, honestly. And, you know, obviously got more run in that Texans game, but I mean, he's. he's- probably one of the few receivers on this team if Keenan allen's not playing that can mm-hmm. kind of stretch the field a little bit which feels rough to say in week five here but here we are <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely all
1: right my key matchup well you did take uh the guy i was going to talk about because i mean who else would you be wanting to watch on the defense side of the ball for the broncos but i'll go with um zion johnson cory lindsley matt Filer versus the broncos interior really like that interior i kind of wanted them to trade for draymond jones last year dj jones was a guy that you know we considered the chargers picking up um, this past offseason of course they went with sebastian joseph day and austin johnson the chargers really just had their way with the browns interior and really just the whole front seven of the broncos uh the charge excuse me of the browns the chargers had their way so much so that the browns went out four hours later and traded for uh dion jones which i've never seen a, a team trade for a player a couple hours after losing but hey you know, you do, you, you address those, those needs and and go for it. Matt Filer had a really good bounce back game. The chargers, you know, what did Austin Eckler have 173 yards? Josh Kelly had 40 something. They had, I think another 50 yards through the air. Uh, it was really, 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 really working really, really well for them. And if Herbert, you know, he's not super comfortable yet stepping up and moving. You can see that he's just not quite super comfortable. Although you did see that on one play. Interior pressure is tough for someone like Herbert, who isn't really comfortable running right now, who is a little bit banged up still, does not have that security safety slot outlet like Keenan Allen. Interior pressure is huge. Running the football will be huge this game. The Raiders ran the football really well against the Broncos, so I would love to see the Chargers hold up again on the interior. The Chargers interior versus Broncos interior, that'd be my matchup for this game. All righty, Alex. Uh, What were our bold predictions last game? Did we even come up with something relatively useful or close?
3: Mine mine was I had Mike Williams 140 yards and two touchdowns, one which was taken off the board unjustly, and I'm still going to protest at the office in New York, but (laughs) he did get 134 yards, so I, I came pretty close there. I don't remember what you or Stevens was off the top of my head.
1: I think mine was Asante Samuel Jr. two interceptions, which... Uh, they should have bet Alohi Gilman, of course. <laughs> you should have bet Alohi Gilman <laughs> yeah, over yeah. under zero and a half. <laughs> <That is laughs> yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. All right, so what is your bolt prediction for this week?
3: Um, I'm going to say that this is a game. I'll, I'll lean into the two interceptions. I oh. think Derwin James gets two interceptions. I like this it. game off of Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson's particularly struggled throwing into the middle of the field. Uh, which I think you know, has been his you know, problem for most of his career. But obviously the Chargers mm-hmm. are going to play a lot of that two-man high uh, that we see in this daily system sometimes. So I think Derwin gets uh, definitely a couple pass breakups, uh, unlike the last few games where he's kind of been running around. And obviously the Chargers have dealt more with the run game the last two weeks. Uh, but I think this is a game where Derwin asserts himself in pass coverage. So I will say two interceptions for Derwin James. I like that. I mean, Derwin was not a great game against the Browns, but you're not
1: going to see two bad games from Derwin. So I mean, he's bound to have just another good game. He's been excellent all year, arguing for him being you know, MVP. Of course, we say that he was a, a contender for MVP, then he has a shit game, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I like that one for sure. For me, I'll go with either two from each of these players, but zero for the other, or one from each. Uh, Sacks for Chris Rumpf. And Kyle Van Noy. I think they don't have a breakout game, but I'll say either Chris Rumpf has two sacks or Kyle Van Noy and Chris Rumpf each have one. I think Kyle Van Noy is the starter technically, um, but it sort of depends. I feel like someone was uh, with Russell Wilson. The pocket presence just hasn't quite been there, just watching him. Chris Rumpf kind of needs cleanup sacks, unfortunately, right now. He's not really winning immediately, uh, both against the pass and against the run. Kyle Nooy, not much as a, as a as a pass rusher, uh, okay against the run so far. But I think this is a game that, yes, they do need to set the edge, uh, as Philip Casey is saying in the chat. But I feel like just with Russell Wilson not looking so hot right now, um, you know, with the line for the Broncos not looking so great, and with, you know, hey, some more reps for, for Rumpf and Kyle Van Noy in this team, and and hopefully so like I'm just hoping for something. Maybe I'm just wishful thinking, maybe I'm just trying to make this happen. But I'm hoping that those two guys either each get a sack or Chris Rumpf gets two. Um, is that very bold? I don't know. Right now, Chris Rumpf, Kava, and Noe, they're not rushing the passer at a high level. So I'll take somewhat existing and somewhat functioning, and
3: that'll be great. Um, I, I would love the pass rush from the edges to somewhat exist and somewhat function. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a great start. Yeah, Absolutely
1: someone is kind of joking norton gave up gives up zero pressures on the sideline this week that is a bold prediction uh, he did walk into the game he played three pass rush snaps and still gave up a pressure <laughs> Which is as much as Trey can gave up the entire game. So,
3: please, I, I think please stop speaking things into existence with Storm Norton. <laughs> because you know he's gonna find his way into the game somehow. If God, God willing, he'll find his way into the game even if there's no injuries. So, yeah. I would like the less, the uh, least Storm Norton possible.
1: Yeah, no, I would completely agree. I don't know where he's at right now, but I believe in the last two games where he's had to just kind of jump in as a tackle. It's what twenty five. 30 pass blocking reps and nine pressures allowed. I mean, that's just, come on, man. Like, that's not, and I'm sure half of those are screens or quick games
3: too. So how do you give up pressures that quick? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just wild to me that the Chargers were like, yeah, I mean, we're going to start Jamari Salier, our six round pick over Storm Norton, but we still, on the other hand, have confidence in Storm Norton to be our swing tackle. If anything happens to Salier and Slater, even though they're not confident in him starting the game. Yeah. Um, I, I still think that situation's weird. And god, do they need another swing tackle? Yeah, they do. They absolutely
1: need another swing tackle. If you're benching your swing tackle for I mean, listen, Salier's been good, don't get me wrong, but benching him for Salier and, and just praying that works out and it actually working out, that's great, but that's lucky. That's a bad process. And they need they need to find something else. Uh at this point, it's apparent you have to look at the numbers, you have to look at the film. You have to know who he is, like when he's on the field. I don't care if he knows the scheme. I don't care if he improved or, or you know, oh, he's with us from last year and the year before or whatever. I don't care. He's been awful. He's been as bad a tackle in limited action as I've ever seen. And that was after last year where he was one of the worst tackles in the NFL just as a starter. So, uh, yeah, that's my Storm Norton rant, I guess. All righty, guys, we are out of things to talk about. So it's now your turn. Guys, throw in some questions in the chat we'll go for uh 10 minutes you know i'm kind of tired and alex has like school or something so uh, i know he's not going to study after this but i won't keep him for too much longer and you know we won't go for uh too long so if you guys have any questions fire them in the chat if they're food related we'll make it one question um i don't know We'll, we'll see what we get to no birds by the way if i'm not mistaken are there no birds today alex no birds you guys
3: don't hear any birds it's very faint today. Oh, Okay, well being I haven't very seen very people nice. complaining about it in the chat, right. so exactly. maybe it's been a little fainter. I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah, not bad. No, not a very quiet birds day today. So that, that's a good omen, maybe, or something like that. Um, or they all got well. I mean, I mean, the
3: Eagles <laughs> Eagles beat the Cardinals this week, so you know, maybe <laughs> maybe that shut all the birds up. But yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. All right, let me check through some questions. Easier to find if you send in a super chat, but obviously you don't have to send in one. It's easy to just pick it up. Alex, if you see one, let me know. Uh, Just a random one. Is Russell questionable to play? He might be listed as questionable because there's no probable, but I think he is going to play. So, yeah. Is Browning playing? I'm assuming yes. He has 14 pressures on the year. I don't know if he's... Is he hurt? I don't recall him
3: being hurt. Uh, I I didn't check the injury report, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. Okay, I'll just go lower because I'm sure that's where all the questions are firing in. Uh, of course, I'm seeing a lot about Robbie Anderson, not a particular question. Just people are saying something about Robbie Anderson, this. I think Robbie Anderson, that someone already on Twitter tried to start a rumor that DJ Moore was going to the Chargers. The Chargers were interested. in. Um, I said that that was a dumb idea, basically, and he blocked me. So oh. I'm going to go on a limb and he sent his burners after me as well. So I'm going to go on a limb and say that DJ Moore uh, rumor is uh, nothing.
3: Yeah, I, I don't think they trade for Moore or Anderson. But if you can trade for Jeremy Chin, I wouldn't mind that one. Um, But yeah, I don't think they're going to go with their wide receiver. Robbie Anderson runs way too fast for Tom Folesco to ever consider.
1: (laughs) This is a good one. Should Alohi Gilman start this game? Well, should he? I'm going to say no. And that's not really a disrespect to Alohi Gilman. But like, he's a free agent after this year. You're not bringing him back. You have wanted to replace him. I get that you feel like he's going to be a safe bet for you, maybe. But, like, give JT Woods some run. It really can't be worse than Nas, can it? And it really even can't be as bad as Gilman was last week. Although that's, I don't even know if he was practicing as a starter last week. I think they just threw him in there, which is kind of unfair.
3: Yeah, I mean, depends on how the Chargers kind of view the Adderley benching. If it's permanent or, yeah, obviously the Chargers have benched Michael Davis before mid-game. Um, obviously, uh, difference is Adderley didn't play any snaps last game, but um, I'll be curious to see what they do here and how long Adderley's leash is. If he has one, if he is going to return, or if he's just permanently benched. Um, I would love to see JT Woods get some run. I do think they probably start Alohi Gilman. I wouldn't mind working JT Woods reps in if you really think you are done with Adderley but I do think they'll probably let Adderley out of the doghouse a little bit this week. Yeah, um, but what a weird story.
1: Yeah, certainly one that none of us expected. Staley has done some weird stuff like that. They've benched both Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. in back-to-back weeks for Tavon Campbell, which if you said that today, you'd get... <laughs> Twitter would burn down, but that's how it was last year. So I think he did bench Naz at one point too, but not not at the start of a game. And not fourth in the yeah, entire yeah. game. So I don't. We'll see with that one. Uh, Jason A asks, would you rather trade for an edge or a wide receiver?
3: Wide receiver because I think you're assuming Bosa comes back later in the year. Um, yeah, I would say wide receiver. I They just, they need somebody who can separate right now. Um, obviously would love to think that Keenan Allen is coming back and eventually he will. But with the nature of his injury being a little older anyway, um, that is something where I don't know if you want to rely on him as much as you are. Mm -hmm. So for me, it would be wide receiver and test the free agent market a little bit if you want to there as well. Mm -hmm. But I, I just think they need someone who obviously and Michael Bandy has like filled that role with them at points. But I just think they need someone more established to be there. Wide receiver three or four, depending on how they view it, but they seem to have a lot of institutional faith and Palmer still. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously Carter's kind of been like the, the gadget guy in those scenarios, so uh, don't think they would really trade for a wide receiver, but that's where I would be right now. Yeah, so the Chargers looking at their schedule, they have, if we're looking at the Chargers trying
1: to go all in, I think their schedule the next few weeks does give them the opportunity to potentially do that. You have. The Broncos, who I think we'll both pick them to beat. They have the Seahawks, which I know you're a bit more hesitant about, but I feel better about them Ooh. being so far. We'll see if Russell Wilson goes off this week against the Chargers. Uh, we'll see. But the Seahawks, I, I still don't I still don't believe in them. Uh, or Geno Smith, I feel like that that's gonna fall off at some point, but we'll see. Um, then they play the Falcons, so there's really three, like the Chargers should go, especially after how they looked against the Browns, uh, three and oh. Uh, over the next three games, uh, I don't know what the trade day, trade deadline is though. Uh, do you know when the trade deadline is? It's like a it's November like thing, isn't it? Week nine, or something okay. like that.
3: I don't know exactly. Yeah, so I
1: think the Falcons game is week eight. So maybe before the Niners game. Yeah, I mean, if you go three and zero and you're six and two by that point, um, not that that's you know the greatest all in record, and you might lose some guys between now and then, but I'd give it a shot because then you have. The Chiefs, well, you have the Niners, who you could beat. The Chiefs at home. The Cardinals, who you'll beat. The Raiders, you probably feel good about. Dolphins, we'll see. Titans, you feel better about. Colts, I feel much better about. Rams, I feel way better about at this point. And then the Broncos again, although it is in Denver. Like, that's that's a run you could make things work, but I'm not going to count the chickens before they hatch with this Chargers team ever again. So maybe. What was your kind of thoughts... After the fact that after Staley mentioned it too on Keenan Allen's tweet, do you think it was a red flag during the
3: game? Do you think our players are buying into
1: our scheme?
3: Um, I mean, I think they are. I mean, Keenan Allen just, I mean, he probably shouldn't have been on Twitter, but like Keenan Allen had the same reaction we all did, which is like, what, what the hell is going on? Um, obviously, if Keenan Allen had played that game and been there in person, I obviously think he kind of would have went at the moment and probably said something adjacent to when Austin Eckler said in his press conference yesterday, which was pretty much just lock and step with what um, Staley's, you know, uh, agenda has been on fourth downs and stuff like that. I don't think it was a red flag, but I mean, we all kind of sat here and we're like, man, they're lucky that, you know, uh, New York missed that field goal because otherwise mm-hmm. that decision cost them the game. Um, so, I mean, I still do think the players are bought in at this point, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen how, hard they're playing obviously there there hasn't been like a a game where the chargers just got like rolled on and like gave up after that you know obviously things could have went a whole different way after the jags game but since then they've obviously reeled off um you know two straight wins going for three here so i do still think there's institutional faith in the coaching staff but um at this point uh obviously, you know, if Staley kind of makes the wrong decisions here, and things start to go sideways, things could change, and then, you know, maybe that decision does stick in the back of the players' minds. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at this point, I think that everything's pretty okay, and it seems like Staley talked that out with Keenan Allen. Yeah,
1: Uh, it it does seem like they talked about it. I do understand both points. I even, to a certain extent, understand Staley going for Like, there are reasons. I can stick three reasons on a board for why the Chargers should have gone for it. I just Again, like, like heating out, I'm thinking, what are we doing? And of course, it doesn't, it also doesn't pay off. So there's that. All right, we'll do a couple more questions and then we will get out of here. Oh, I saw a good one in here somewhere. Now I can't find it. If you find one, let me know. People keep talking about Jerry Tillery in the chat. He had a really good game. Like he had four pressures.
3: Yeah. <laughs> win rate. He's had both teams <laughs> win rate. I, it's tillery. I think he has like eight pressures in the last two weeks or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's been their best interior defensive pass rusher. I mean, probably other than Sebastian Joseph Day, if you want to count him in, but as a pass rusher, really, oh.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, it was a question about the run game and why they're not calling up Fajoco. I don't know what the yeah, so from Anthony Vu given the charges have been terrible with the run game defense, why do you think they are keeping Fajoco on the practice squad?
3: I I mean, they believe in Covington right. over him. Yes, that's, well, yeah, that is the yeah. reason. <laughs> that's you know, to, to me, that's that's the reason, and I, I guess Staley was proven right, if you want to say that, um, by him coming up the run stop last game. I don't believe that and still believe focus is <laughs> analytically the better player against the run mm-hmm. and all those things, um, but they believe in Christian Covington as, as the proven product and, and have Braden as pretty much backup for that if anything were to happen at this point. So, I mean, that's you know what they believe in when it comes to Christian Covington. Yeah,
1: and I, I honestly don't know. I guess it depends on who it is. I don't even know that with an injury that they would call up Fahoko. They might if they want to keep six, but that might be if, if let's say, I don't know, Christian Covington gets hurt. Maybe if it's Covington. But if one of those guys gets hurt, they might just want to bring up Mark Webb or something. You Or know, they might just want to keep you know, somebody else active or whatever. So I don't even know if an injury would get Foco activated or elevated, I should say, but we'll see. Okay. Last question then, because it is a super chat question from the Frit. You know, let's do this again, Tyler, the fit freestyle kid with the emergence of Joshua Kelly. How
3: long will we have to wait to see Spiller? Depends on how Sony Michelle plays. Um, I mean, if Sonny Michel keeps his curve rushing production, which obviously isn't very good, and he's averaging two yards or less per Gary, um, I think you could still see Spiller in a hurry, depending on how much rope the Chargers want to give Sonny Michelle. But it's pretty clear at this point, based on the snap counts from last game, that they've already given Joshua Kelly RB2, um, effectively even with the Sonny Michel signing, which seems to be a role that they kind of at least promised Michelle at one point but now um, obviously it's Joshua Kelly there. I don't think we're too off from it and obviously none of us hope that there are injuries but obviously the Chargers are one running back injury away Eckler's been injured before all these guys have kind of been nicked up in the past so you look at injury factors well I don't think we're that far away from Spiller playing but I wouldn't be surprised if it was sometime after the bye week Um, but we'll kind of see there.
1: Yeah, that's a good call. Just looking at Trey McKitty, you know, we thought, Oh my god, they don't have McKitty! Oh my god, they don't have McKitty, like, or they they had him, but they weren't using him. Oh god, what a wasted pick. Maybe you feel that way today, but he didn't touch the field until week eight. And let me see his blocking snaps. So he didn't touch the field till week eight, and he wasn't even playing more than 20 snaps until week 14 in terms of uh, run blocking. So he wasn't even really, I'm assuming, let's see, was that? No, that was two games before, one game before uh, Parham got hurt. So I think they will work him in. Josh Palmer wasn't heavily involved really until there were injuries. Um, So whether it's just later in the season, like Alex said, or injuries, kind of like Alex said, both could happen. So I could definitely see that. All right, Ivan did send in one more super chats. I will make sure we get to those because sometimes we don't. How do you feel about Chris
3: Rumpf? Um... I mean, uh, depends on kind of what you're asking him to do, I guess. If you're asking him to sort of, like, rotate in for Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack, uh, you know, in the limited series of snaps, I feel fine with him in that role. But Chris Rump, obviously, is not supposed to be one of this team's starting edges. Um, obviously, Kyle Van Nooy is kind of the starting edge right now, and Chris Rump is kind of behind him. But they're playing relatively similar amounts of, you know, end rushing snaps at this point. Um, I kind of feel like both of them have been sort of a wash there to this point. Would have liked to see more from Van Noy as an edge rusher. Um, kind of felt that he was a little bit better back in the linebacker role. Um, that we saw in those first couple of weeks, but now Joey Hurt obviously has to play edge. Um, I haven't been impressed with Chris Rumpf, but I guess I don't think he's been playing bad either necessarily, given the circumstances. But obviously he's. Both of them are kind of going to stick out like sore thumbs because you're ultimately trying to replace the production of Joey Bosa. Um, I just would have liked to have seen more at this point from what that's going to be because if Joey Bosa is really going to be out until potentially the Niners game or further along from that, then, I mean, that's kind of the scenario where I think you start talking about maybe bringing in an edge or trading for an edge like someone said earlier because I just don't, don't think they can sustain another... Two months of not having Bosa, you know, at their at their current clip.
1: Yeah, I would completely agree. They definitely have some get right potential games for them the next few weeks. So again, like my bold prediction was, Chris Rumpf maybe has two sacks this game, uh, or at least they kind of break out a little bit. As it stands right now, I just tweeted this today or yesterday. I can't remember, um, but right now Kyle Van Noy, in terms of pass rush productivity and win rate, he's ninety second out of what uh, ninety seven in pass rush productivity and fifty fifth in win rate rumpf is 62nd in productivity 59th in win rate uh the big problem really is is stopping the run the run stop rate surprisingly uh, kava noi is ninth out of 103 in run stop rate chris rumpf is tied for 103rd out of 103 in run stop rate which is uh... tied for
3: 103rd that's basically 100 seconds so
1: (laughs) yeah exactly yeah not not great um and and by the way jerry tillery's run stop rate is higher than morgan fox's right now i think we should talk about that sometimes because that's that's not good (laughs) yeah all righty guys alex thank you for joining me really we just we both showed up it's not like you joined me or anything um how are you feeling about your test tomorrow uh
3: Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> Char- Chargers country, let's ride. Because I don't fucking know. Uh, always tough, but I think I'll do okay. Okay.
1: Well, we believe in you, man. All righty, guys. Chat, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. We will be... When will we talk to you guys next? So Alex will be on with Arjun on Thursday. On Thursday. Mm-hmm. To do the analytics episode. I don't know if we'll be going live on Saturday because Stephen won't be here. And the Chargers don't play on Sunday. So maybe we'll do a Sunday show. Um, yes, as Ed's show test said, uh, yeah, Arjun is still washed. Yeah, He's, he's in the doghouse for um, saying the Eckler's is washed up. Uh, sorry, Arjun, you're not listening to this anyway. Well,
3: uh, On the Thursday analytics episode, I'm sure Arjun will have his oh, yes. you know, full full five minute statement apology to begin the episode.
1: 100%. I'm sure it will be a read off a of script, um, you know, attorney approved apology. All right, guys. See you on Thursday. See you on Sunday. Definitely see you on Monday. Take care.
2: mypatriotsupply.com